And a very warm welcome to God Botherers with me, Rob Bethel, the layman. And me, the Reverend Martin Little. This is a podcast for those of you who are a little bit curious about this thing called Christianity. What do Christians believe? What do Christians do? And most importantly, to be a Christian, do I have to believe in a bearded sky god? No, no you don't. So join us as we openly explore Christian ideas about life whilst hopefully having a laugh along the way. Hello Martin. Hello Rob. How nice to see you again. Yeah, nice to see you. It's uh it's been, it's been so muggy and hot. Have you been um sunbathing? <laughs> um not this week. <laughs> we the week before we had a week in West Wales which was marvelous and beautiful oh, and lovely. wonderful and sunny and glorious and relaxing. Uh, and then it's been full on last week or so. There's lots of lots of good yeah. stuff, but yeah, busy, busy. Back to work. Yeah, yeah. How about you, man? What have you been up to? Um, I've been mainly so for for those who don't know, I'm self-employed and I work for private clients doing um work around their house in in a DIY fashion, so property maintenance. Um, so I've been doing quite a lot of painting and decorating. Nice. And yeah, it it is nice. It can get a little bit boring, but um, if I've got a good podcast like uh, the God Bother is, um, then, uh, <laughs> seamless. Then it's quite nice. You just published a book, didn't you, Rob? I didn't see that coming. Oh. <laughs> that was a curveball. Yeah, let's plug my book. Yeah, do, do. Yes, I've written a book for those interested in um, starting a property maintenance business like I did a few years ago because I had (laughs) virtually zero experience, but I I was fairly handy and I quite enjoyed DIY. Um, So uh, after social work, um, I just decided to do that which was quite a change uh but it's really nice it's really nice work i get to actually have a tangible end result which Mm. i didn't used to get in social work so it that's really satisfying having that um and working for lovely people uh, my customers and um and i'm my own boss as well well yes yeah, if I want a holiday, I just say I'm having a holiday. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs> but so, the trouble is, I forget to take holiday. Then. Well, this is the problem. Yeah, yeah. And so you wrote you wrote a book to to help people who want to make a similar journey to you. You thought you'd share the love. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I wrote the book I wish I had uh, when I started, nice. um, and it's. Available on Amazon, and it's called Property Maintenance Startup by Robert Bethel. So uh, if anyone out there wants to start a business, try that. Love it. If if the whole ministry thing doesn't work out, Rob, I might well buy your book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you won't go wrong. (laughs) What are we talking about this week, Rob? We are talking about going to church. Yay! (laughs) <laughs> which i did today and i guess you did as well oh yes i'm really keen to do this episode because 
I know as someone who wasn't brought up going to church how weird and almost scary going to church for the first time is because it's this sort of secret world that I I knew nothing about. Well, I knew little bits, but I hadn't been to a proper service before. And I guess in Britain, in the past, nearly everyone went to church and they knew what to do in church, you know, by being shown how by their family and they were just brought up with church going. But now most people don't go to church, yeah, as we know, uh, in this country at least. And so most people don't, they don't know what it's about or mm. what to do if they want to go and have a look. Uh, what it's all about. Um, it's almost as if we need an instruction manual. Yeah. But first of all, I think we need to explain that there's lots of different types of churches with different beliefs, customs, and traditions. Sure. So if any listeners are thinking about going to church, if you do go to a church and you feel like it's not a good fit for you, there are many others you can try, right? True, true. Yeah, there are we and we we talked a bit about that in our first podcast, didn't we, Rob? About different different traditions we'd been part of and different mm. expressions of church until we sort of found our, our home. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I just thought it might be useful because some people might not know just to go through a quick church history to explain why there are so many. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I can, I can condense thousands of years of history into like five, a five-minute easy guide. Look, we we could do this, Martin. Okay. Last week, we we managed to do a whole Christian theology course in in about fifty minutes. So we we could do this. Well, I love your positivity, Rob. Um, so yes, yeah, so church history. Well, wow, where to start? Really, I mean, you have to start really with with Israel. Actually, you have to start with what happened, like the prehistory of the church, if you like. Um, so uh, you have to start with um, the Jewish people, Jewish religion, um, Jewish beliefs, Jewish worship. So they would, uh, you know, again, it's a vast history, and I, I can only just give a little snapshot, but but they would, um, originally, they, they were sort of nomadic people, so they would worship around, as they as they went around with their flocks and things, they would set up temporary altars, and they would offer sacrifices to God. Um, later on, they they settled more, you know, so they became a settled people who grew crops and things. Um, so they they had more permanent places, but it was still sort of tents and things. Uh, classically, in the Old Testament, you have the tent of meeting, which is the place where um, God met with Moses, and uh, and Moses would go in and converse with the Almighty, and he would come out with instructions and oracles to give mm. to the people. Um, so so they they had a sort of tent. Um, eventually, you know, going down history, they they eventually they built a temple for the Lord. So Solomon famously built the the great temple of the Lord, um, and uh, that yes. was a, a sort of a real seismic you know moment, a big moment of, of change. We had this permanent place where God would dwell on earth. Yeah, and really that that's at the heart, I suppose, of what the conception of church is. It's a place where you can encounter the divine um, in community. I would say that's that's maybe not a bad description of church, actually, a place where you can encounter the divine in community. Um, so so you've got the temple. Um, the temple gets destroyed. They build a second temple, um, but they never quite finish it. 
right? And that's when Jesus comes on the scene. So you also have the synagogue system with the Jews. So they had uh, synagogues which are um, <clears throat> smaller uh, sort of uh, buildings where they w- the rabbis would teach. So the scriptures would be read and the rabbis would teach. But the whole mm. sacrificial system of worship that you had in the in the um, temple system was it was a bit precarious. You know, they could do some things, they couldn't do other things. They couldn't. They were under the Romans. They couldn't do the full sacrificial system. Um, so that, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where we where we when we get to Jesus, that's the situation we're in. You've got the synagogues, you've got a half finished temple, and not quite the full system. Um, so sorry, I'm I'm really not doing this in five minutes. But... <laughs> <laughs> and so out of the uh, Roman Empire, is that where the the two main Christian centres of Roman Catholic Church and the Orthodox? Church. So in Rome, it was Catholic and Constantinople was Orthodox because there was a great schism, wasn't there, where the church sort of split into East and West. So, so yeah, so you have the, um, so you have the splitting off of East and West. And the, the interesting thing, uh, and then you also have the Reformation in the West. Yes. But interestingly, in the East, they've never really had a Reformation. Right, there's been you know obviously right. there's been changes and and reforms and things over the years, and there are disagreements and all kinds of problems, and there are schisms that happen, but essentially the the Eastern Orthodox worship is as it has been since the early church fathers in the mm. first few centuries after christ it's li- not very much has changed whereas in um in the West, we've had the Reformation, which changed a heck of a lot. Culturally, at the Reformation, what happens is um, once you've had one big split, so a lot, a lot of churches split off from the Catholic Church and said, no, we're going to do it our own way. Once you've had one split, it's a heck of a lot more easy to have lots and lots of splits. So that's sort of why we've got the situation now where um, you can't just walk into any church and know what you're going to get. Yeah. You have to sort of know a little bit where that church sits on that spectrum. So the high-low thing... So high church, we would say, um, big emphasis on ritual and ceremonial, um, bells and smells, um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, lots, of emphasis, lots of emphasis on the sacraments, so on communion, um, and, and very sort of enacted and dramatic type of worship. In a low church, you would expect there to be much less of all that, much more simple style and more emphasis on words and preaching. So you'd have mm. a longer sermon usually, much less ceremonial, usually more of a sense of emotional immediacy rather than sort of transcendent beauty. Um, so those mm. are the two extremes. And of course, you've got everything in between, every shade of yeah. grey you can imagine. So it's, yeah. I can, it's, not, it's not difficult to see why people get a bit confused because you think well mm. am i what am i what church am i in am i in a protestant church a catholic church is it a high church is it low church where am i um i think in some ways you know my advice would be well go to one and see what what things you like and what things resonate with you um mm. because i think some of the th- and you may agree with this rob i don't know but some of the things that you value at one stage in your life in terms of the worship style um, might not be what you value at a different stage in your life, or depending what you're going mm. through. So sometimes mm. the something very simple and peaceful might be just what you need. 
or something very lively and, and full of beans and exciting might be just what you need. And so, you know, different churches, each church should probably have a have a range, actually, of different modes of being. But, you know, most churches have a sort of default position as well. So, and, you know, that may be helpful for you at one point in your life, but it might not always be. Mm, mm. I don't know if you can relate to that, Robo. Yes, yes. So I guess when I was younger, I kind of was more attracted to the evangelical religious leaders were quite young and hip and they played guitars and oh yeah, yeah that's it the music's quite different isn't it so the music's often modern um in more evangelical churches whereas um the church i go to now and your church has um more old-fashioned music with a church organ and a choir so, yeah, so when I was young, that probably wouldn't have interested me. I would mm. have seen it as a bit old fuddy-duddy. Uh, <laughs> but but now I I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, um, and I think it's, I mean, we, we should get it, we'll get on to sort of what, what you can expect when you walk through the door, I think. But, but I think in some ways you have to withhold judgment a little bit because any church community, I mean, obviously I'm a church leader, so I would say this, right. But, but any church community is just a group of local people doing their best. Right. Yeah. So um, if, if you're not blown away by it, well, you know, <laughs> give them a break. Um, yeah. If, yeah. if you want, if you want to be blown away by something and sometimes it's good to do that. Um, some of the big city center churches have the, uh, the resources, the money, frankly, and the people to, mm. to put on really high quality productions. Now that can mm. be uh, either the more evangelical band led worship, where you have you know PA system and lights and stage and everything. Um, everything's very slick, um, or it could be cathedral worship, where you've got you know very very high quality classical choral music, um, mm. and you would hope you know sort of intelligent preaching and 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 uh, and liturgy that moves in all the right ways, you know, and is very sort of grand. Um, mm. So you, it's good to appreciate to experience those those types of sort of uh, high caliber worship. But most church communities, frankly, are you know as I said, just a group of local people doing the the best they can with what they have. And and there's something there's something very honest and and lovely in that as well. So you know it's good to experience both. I completely agree. And it's not you know the church I go to. You know, it's a bit rough around the edges, but I love it. I love it, and because I know people mm. are trying their best and and they're you know contributing what they can. Yeah. Um. And and that in itself is really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and it it, it also means that there's room for you to contribute as well. You know. Mm. So yeah. So there there's uh, all sorts of. Um, uh, churches but i guess so for our episode today because we're both members of uh the church of england mm. uh we we can mainly talk about that can't yeah. we in terms of going to an anglican church um so i remember the first time i went to a proper church service and i didn't even know what door to use it, it was that <laughs> sort of basic um yeah. and i was worried about doing or saying the wrong thing um offending people not knowing whether i was allowed not to take part in certain sure, sure. 
things? Uh, will I be looked down upon if I don't do those mm. things? And, and and even will I be brainwashed? You know, yeah. there, there was this sort of, sort <laughs> of risk of being brainwashed if I enter this building. Um, yeah. So, the, so the, the fir- first piece of advice is when you go to church, wear a crash helmet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a tinfoil hat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah. yeah, are, are you trying to brainwash people, Martin? No, no. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, I would be, I would, for me as a, as a preacher, I mean, apart from anything else, I'm, tr- I'm trying to persuade you that what I'm saying is true. That's for sure. And I'll be yeah. very upfront about that. And, you know, uh, I'm, I think, I think, where that becomes a problem is if you're being sneaky about it um, and, you know, trying to pass off something as true that's not true. Because um, you do have some influence, you know, um, mm. not that much anymore. But uh, <laughs> I, I, usually I'm, I'm trying to persuade you that, uh, you know, the fullness of life and purpose and meaning and joy can really can be found in in being a follower of Jesus. That's what I'm trying to convince you of. Not mm. to give me your money, not to, you know, butter me up and put me on a pedestal or to, you know, that's not really what I'm interested in. I mean, some of those sometimes those things are helpful, um, but but I'm, you know, I, I I'm in it for the gospel and you know. So 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 no, I'm not trying to brainwash you, but I, but I am I am trying to share with you the thing that I think has the most value that this world can offer. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I heard um, a vicar tell me, you know, people can just leave the doors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The doors open. They don't, yeah. they don't have to be there. And he was sort yeah. of joking saying that, you know, it's a real pain because <laughs> people can just leave. It's well, so and that, easy. Yeah, and that's actually a really important distinction because the 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 difference between a church and a cult, right? Yeah. What what's the difference? So a cult um is can look similar to a church and a church can look like a cult sometimes. Um they can appear similar on the surface. But actually what cults are about control. So they're mm. about making you believe the same as me, forcing you to, manipulating you um, removing your freedom to choose and to walk away, um, mm. either through emotional manipulation, saying if you do this, you're going to be cursed, or you know, bad things are going to happen to you unless you give me your money or you follow me um, or you commit ever, ever more. Um, you know, so you're laying it on thick with with the guilt tripping. Um, that's a mm. cult. Church mm. should never do that. Church should never mm. do that. It's it's a free and consensual choice you make. And yes, the door is always open to walk away, and there should be no repercussions at all. Now, that's not to say that we don't care if people leave. Hmm. Of course, I care because I think it's it's. I think church is, is of supreme value, um, but I also think that your freedom is of supreme value, and I would always rather err on the side of freedom. So, um, so you know, one of the things about the Church of England is that. Um, we don't really have members, right? There's not really a membership scheme in the Church of England, which is interesting. It's both a strength and a weakness. So you can rock up to any Church of England church, sit in the back, uh, listen to the service, watch it, analyze it, think your thoughts, um, slip out again just before the end, um, and 
no one's going to bother you, right? They're not going to mm. be chasing you down the road with a with a gospel tract. <laughs> um, so anyway, I think I do think that point about the difference between church and cult is really is really important because some people do fear. I think if I go to church, they're going to get me, you know. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're going to they're going to make me do all these things. Um, nobody should make you do anything. I I definitely uh, remember feeling, you know, having those thoughts. Um, you know, I can think of people who go to the church I go to, they don't take part in everything, like mm. the communion, which is where you get the the wafer and wine. And and it's fine. No one bats an eyelid. No. No one's forcing them or, you know, giving them evils. To, to me, it's what you want is a culture of openness and invitation. So, you know, this 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 act of worship, you know, you let's say you go to a church service. Let's say it's a communion service, as it is in our churches mm. most weeks, um, and the service is happening. There's an there's an openness about what we're doing. Mm. So we're just being ourselves. We're 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 worshiping in the way that we believe Jesus has taught us, and and the way that we've inherited from our tradition. Um, we're 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 relaxed about that, and we're we're proud of it, and we value it, and it's it's precious to us. Um, and there's an open invitation for you to participate. You can observe. Mm. You can join in with the bits you feel comfortable about. You can, you can ask about the things you don't understand, um, and and you can you know you can have your toe in the water, or you or you can wade in a bit deeper, or you can wade in a bit deeper and then wade back out again if you don't like it. You know, it's it's very much that culture of invitation. Mm. Now, mm. while at the same time recognizing that the fullness of the Christian life, you do have to get your feet wet. You do have to yeah. jump in. Really, if you want to. If you want to understand communion, and it's not even about understanding it, if you want to experience it fully, you've got to just go and do it, you know? Mm. Um, go and mm. receive and, and see what it feels like. Um, if you want to discover joy in worship, you know, uh, sing along with one of the hymns, you know, and, and you might discover, oh, actually, this is quite nice. I'm, I maybe mm. wasn't expecting this, but actually I feel quite free doing this or I feel moved yeah. by it. Yeah. So we talked about um, receiving communion and mm. can anyone receive communion even if they're not baptised? Well, th- th- there's there's a sort of short answer and a long answer, really. Um, the, the short answer is yes. Nobody is going to check. I mean, I do know one priest who asks people have been, if they've been baptised. Mm. Um but he's very much in the minority. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a lot of priests will say is, if you love the Lord, you're welcome to receive. What I say is anyone who wants to can do so. Um, the, the, there's a huge debate that rages about whether communion in particular is, is it an open table where anyone can eat? Or is it the sort of family dinner that's been reserved for family only, that kind of thing? Mm. Or is it the big buffet where anyone can just jump in, right? That that's maybe the analogy. Um I'm much more on the end of the big buffet. Mm. Um if you want to receive it, come and receive it, you know? Um But the normal order of things is baptism first. Okay. Mm. So so officially, uh in terms of church law, yes, you should be baptized before you receive communion. Ideally you should be confirmed as well. Um, but actually, you know, as I said, baptism is the, is the is the way in. It's the it's the only real, it's the fullness of initiation, as it were. 
to me, the order of things happen isn't as important as the fact that they do happen. Yeah. So if you were to rock up to a church and you hadn't been baptized, or you weren't sure if you'd been baptized, a lot of people don't know, right? Um, I would say to you, well, come and receive communion because you know, come and be part of things, um, and uh, and we'll we'll sort of worry about the other stuff later. Mm. And and if if this is a way, this is if this is something that you want to do regularly, then well, why not get baptized then? Mm. You know, and, mm. you know, so. It's it, it's quite a sort of natural thing, really. Um, I don't think we should be putting up barriers for people. No. From my experience, when I first started going, um, on the, the, the first time I went, I did go up and get a blessing. So you've got a choice. You can uh, either sit in your seat while the communion's going on, or you can walk up to the altar and have a blessing. And sometimes they say to bring a service sheet with you to just let the vicar know that you're not taking communion but you would like a blessing or do you, do you have a similar system yeah similar thing so um it's just a little visual sign that saves you having to explain things and saves embarrassment so um you know again i encourage most people to just come and receive frankly because i you know i think we'll, we'll sort it out later you know um because things more inclusive but but you know for some people particularly if you've been brought up uh to believe that you know actually this is something that's only for people who've been confirmed for example um you know we we would respect that absolutely and if you if you just want a blessing then that's fine you know if you want to just sit in your seat that's fine you know um so yeah so we we use a similar similar sort of thing yeah and after I had that blessing, and I, I think I probably had a few more, I did start taking communion. And it was a really mm. powerful experience. And I kept doing it for a while, but I did kind of feel like, oh, am I allowed to do this? <laughs> so I did yeah, actually yeah. contact um, my vicar to ask, and he, he said, yes, that's fine. Um, yeah. So if you're ever worried or, or have questions, I guess you can always contact your the, the church vicar and ask. Yeah, exactly. We're always happy to explain stuff because um, it's, it is strange. If you're not used to going to worship service, it's, it is strange. It is otherworldly. Mm. And I make no apology for that because it's, this, is a, this is a different time. This is a special sacred time where we... We um we work on our spiritual life, so yeah, it's going to feel different mm, mm. um to just go into Costa or something, right? Um, but we want to make that as as we don't want that to be embarrassing. We want it to be accessible and and helpful for you. So yeah, we're always only too happy to explain stuff or or whatever, answer questions. No no question is is too simple. No question is stupid. All questions are valid. <laughs> yes, and I guess um does one have to agree with everything that's being said well if it's something i say then yes i do expect <laughs> <to agree. laughs> no 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 you what one one of the downsides i suppose is that we i mean i'm i'm a huge fan of preaching um i think monologue sermons are a, a wonderful form of communication um they're like ted talks you know they're, they're mm. they give an opportunity for someone to really express something really well mm. um so i'm a fan of them the downside of them is that they don't allow much space for dialogue. Mm. Um, now, you, again, you may go to church and think, "Well, the last thing I want is dialogue." I don't, you know. Um, but equally, you may want that opportunity. So, it's quite difficult to do that within the context of a worship service. 
So often uh, churches will put on groups or courses or opportunities for people to go that bit deeper, yeah. to unpack some of what they're doing. Um, so that, you know, you can do both things. You can both receive the sort of the, the worship offering um, and you can also question it, unpack it, um, explore it, um, you know, another time as well. And, and the two things feed into each other, I think. Yeah. Let's try this. Are you up for a quick fire round? Yeah, I'll do my best. Brevity is not my strong point, but I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is your chance to exercise your brevity. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm limbering up now. So, yeah. question number one. Right, just just imagine I've never been to church before. I'm I'm walking yep. up to the building of the church. What door should I use? <laughs> Hopefully the one that says entrance. <laughs> but it's you use any door and somebody will point you right. Yes. There'll usually be a welcomer that will give you a service book or a notice sheet, something to guide you through the service. We'll welcome you, perhaps introduce themselves to you and say you're welcome, you can sit there. There's what you need for the service. Great. Where should I sit? Well, you see, this is the thing. You can sit wherever you like, right? People don't have seats. It's just that when people go somewhere every week, they tend to sit in the same place, right? Yeah. Um, my top tip, though, is don't sit right at the front if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Sit at least sit and make sure there's somebody in front of you because you will be able to see when they stand up and sit down. If you're the front row and you stand up and everyone else sits down, you won't know. Yeah. So that's my top tip. Yeah. Sit, you know, don't sit in the front. Okay, you might struggle answering this uh, briefly, but why do people <laughs> stand up and down during a service? Why do people stand up and down? Well, yeah. oh, again, historical reasons. So <laughs> people, you know, I, I'm trying to be brief. Um <laughs> There are many different postures that are appropriate to worship, and they can help you. So worship is a bodily thing as well as a spiritual thing. You don't just worship with your mm, mind. Mm. And so kneeling is a posture of humility. Standing was actually traditionally the posture of prayer, actually. Stand mm. with your arms with your arms open. That's how the Jews prayed. Mm. Um, uh, to sing standing up, you will sound better and sing better standing up. So that's one reason we stand to sing. <laughs> that's um, true. But it's always. But what I always say to people is, please stand if you're able, because of course not everyone can stand. Yeah. So um, standing up and sitting down can help with the liturgical movement and it can help with certain postures, but they are not the be all and end all. Yes. Very good. That was quite. That was quite brief. You did very well there. Yeah. Um, so, oh, this one you're going to struggle with. What the heck is the service about? <laughs> where, where, where are you getting these questions from, Rob? From my mind. <laughs> from my mind. <laughs> what the heck? As I said, I will refer to you to my earlier answer. Um, church is a place where you encounter the divine in community. And the service is there to be a vehicle for that to happen. Boom! Whoa! That is a Martin record there. That's your personal best. <laughs> call me Dr. Brief. In fact, don't call me that. <laughs> Dr. Briefs. Amazing. Amazing. What should I wear? Wear clothes. <laughs> but does it matter? Do I need to go in a suit? Or can I, no, I, mean, can I wear shorts if it's hot? As far as I yes, by all means. As far as I'm concerned, whatever wear whatever you feel comfortable in. Now, 
there are different schools of thought on this. Some people feel it's the Lord's Day, you should wear your Sunday best because you wear your best for God who wants the best from us. That's a valid argument. Um, the other argument is come as you are because, you know, God doesn't care what you wear, frankly. He wants to know what's going on in your heart. Yeah. You just wear whatever you want. But in general, wear clothes. Instantly, <laughs> instantly enough, there was a couple of, uh, there was a, a nudist couple, right? Or naturist couple. Oh, right. Who were... Who who went out for a pub lunch in Burnham on Sea recently, <laughs> and it was in it was in the news because people uh, people like apparently legally there's nothing you can do right if the nudist couple turn up in the scud you can't make you can't make them leave you got to you know they've got a right to do that right um, but there were all these kids in the pub you know and the, having their dinner <laughs> and stuff and so all the parents are like don't look at that man's you know whatever. <laughs> Um, so there was a big massive hoo-ha about it so so my joke about wearing clothes actually may not apply um if if you're if you're a nudist if you're a nudist be my guest but you know yeah go uh, to martin's church yes you 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 might want to take yes you might want to bring your order of service with you when you go up for communion if only to cover your genitalia We'll, we'll edit that bit out, Rob. <laughs> no, <think>. we won't. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I, I think you did really well there. I think if you're interested in church, come along and uh, see what it's about. I think you might be pleasantly surprised, hopefully. Regularly mm. going to church, I've kind of likened it to like going to the gym. Now, I don't go to the gym, but I know people sort of religiously go to the gym and if they don't go for like a week or two they they kind of start to really feel it yeah but on a you know i know church is much more than this but um on a basic level it simply feels good to me going to church yeah on a sunday um and i often feel refreshed after going to church and reset and ready for the coming Mm -hmm. week um yeah yeah and it gives a a rhythm to my life that i didn't have before yeah and like i said if i miss church for a week or two i really feel it like mentally and spiritually Mm. um Mm. i really miss it and it i now think i i need it because it feeds me in some way well would that there were more like you, Rob. <laughs> I think. I think we, you know, the, the idea of going to church every week, of course, goes goes way back, right? So again, we're back in history. Um, you know, six days God worked and on, the, on to to create the world, and on the seventh day He rested. Now, there's there's a debate among biblical scholars as to whether they came up with the Sabbath first and then invented a theology for it, or whether oh, right. you know, God actually did do something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. But it doesn't really matter. The point is that the Sabbath is a gift from God to give us rest and to help us do exactly what you're saying, to reset, to reconnect with uh, with our maker again, which just is very difficult to do in the busyness mm. of a working week mm. or, or if you're looking after children or whatever it is you might be doing. Um, <clears throat> so the Sabbath is a gift. That's the first thing. Um, the problem is that we turned it into, I think, a kind of religious obligation or duty which became a sort of millstone around people's necks. Mm. Um, church shouldn't feel like that. It should feel just as you've described. It should feel reinvigorating, refreshing. Yes, you might have to, you might have to roll your sleeves up and do some stuff, right? Because as we said, the church is, is run on volunteer power. 
Um, but it should feel it should feel like that, and you should miss it if you don't go. It's it's. I I don't know if I like the gym analogy quite so much because I think people sort of join gyms and then you know in in a in a fit of fervor in January to lose the Christmas <laughs> spare tire, yes. and then it, it fizzles out. You know, um, it, it, it to me it's almost more like missing missing a meal. You know, like yeah. You, yeah, you need you need to be sustained. If you don't eat, you, you get ill, right? So, particularly as the Eucharist, the Holy Communion is a meal; it's a symbolic meal. Um, that analogy works quite well. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's it's more like you, you it's it's sustenance, mm. it's food for mm. the journey of life. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you if you miss a meal, you you notice it. It's not healthy. So yeah, there's a there's a there's a wonderful episode of The Simpsons. Where you know the Simpson family always go to church, right? Is, it, is this Homer the heretic? Yeah, yeah. Where, where Homer decides he's not going to go to church one week. It's a brilliant episode. I love that episode. <laughs> it's my favorite episode, yeah. and it's also my boy's favorite episode too. Oh, and we wow. watched it only the other day. I love it. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great because he he you know he sort of he decides he's going to slack off and not go to church yeah. one week. I can worship God wherever I want. And actually discovers that, you know, things aren't quite that simple. <laughs> he ends know. up burning his house down. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. I highly recommend that episode. Can we just continuing on? Um, uh, I guess I, I'm talking about benefits of going to church. For me, going to an old, dusty church, it sort of connects me to time. And I, I'll explain what I mean by that. It it connects me to the past because the building is old. And I sometimes think of all the people that have gone um, to that building and worshipped or got married or been baptised, yeah. you know, for hundreds of years. You know, in some churches, I guess it's maybe thousands of years. Thousands, yeah. yeah. I mean, that thought is just mind-blowing. Mm. And it also connects me to the present because of uh, often the sermon does that yep. often the sermon is talking about relating Jesus and the bible to things that are happening now and also it connects me to the future because uh, upon going and leaving the church I'm passing tombstones mm. they sort of act as a memento mori um you know re yeah, remembering yeah. that my time on this earth is finite and um you know it's a it's a a good um kick up the bum to get me get my <laughs> life in order love it do you ever think of those things yeah i do i mean i have i hadn't quite um expressed it quite as beautifully as you just did rob but oh, um i you. love that there's <laughs> it's all right um i love those three dimensions of time yeah it's beautiful you know the past present and the future um Absolutely. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, you know. So um, I've often felt that sense that you described of the prayers of the faithful. So when you're in a church, particularly an older church, it doesn't have to be. I mean, our church is only 150 odd years old, but um, you can almost feel the prayers of people sort of they're sort of in the in the air or they're, they're saturating the stones or something. Um there's there's something about a sacred place that's been a sacred place for a long time. It does have a vibe about it, you know. Mm. And I you know, I don't think that's superstitious. I think there's something genuine there. Mm. Um mm. which, you know, brings up a really interesting question actually, which I don't know if we've got really time to explore, but 
But there's, there's a question as to whether the church is a community of people or whether the church is a place. Um, mm. It's a really interesting debate that we had during COVID, actually, when, when all the churches were shut. It's very controversial. Yeah. Hardly has ever happened in the history of the church that yeah. parish churches have been closed to people. Um, but they were closed. And so we were forced to view the church as a gathered thing, um, which didn't have to be physically in the same place, but could be, you know, uh, like we are connect, you know, connecting over using, yeah, over technology. Um, and to me, it's, you know, it's a really interesting question. I, I ended up with the conclusion that actually church is both things. It's both a community of people and it's a sacred place. Mm. Um and, you know, people as embodied people, we have to be in play, we have to be in space and time, mm, don't we? Mm. Um, weirdly, you have to be in space and time in order to transcend those things. You know, it's a strange sort of almost a mm. paradox. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, live, a live question, you know. And, you know. It costs a lot of money to maintain these old buildings and, you know, maybe we should knock them all down and, you know, worship in people's houses again. But... Again, I think I think we we would end up in deficit if we did that. I think uh, for Ooh, the most I, part. Yeah, I um, think so. I think so. Yeah, I mean, w- w- most of the time, you know, you don't have to choose. Be in the community. Be be with people. Be present, but also, as you say, have this future and past uh, dimension as well. Yeah, it's all it's all there, man. I I think you know humans for millions of years have had sacred places. Uh, where they would gather, I think it's just a really um, innate thing for humans to do, um, and it, it can be really yeah. powerful. Yeah, and 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 there's no there's no shame in it. You know, so again, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, some people say, "Oh, your religion's just a crutch," and I'm yeah. like, "Well, so what? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I need a crutch. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to. I need a sacred place to to connect with God because just sitting in my house or sitting in the pub or something." I don't necessarily. Yeah. You know, I need. I need a little more help here. I need some stimulation. I need. I need that surrounding. I need that stillness and that peace. Um, because I haven't got. Haven't got all the resources within me. So. 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 Yeah. If if you're at all thinking, well, why do I? Ne- I don't need to go to church. Well, yeah, you don't need to. Maybe. Um. But. Uh. But I need to. Yeah. Because I'm a fallible human being. So why not use the gifts that we've got? I would say. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Here. Well, I I think um, we've given that a good shot. I think we've sucked the juice out of that one, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Well, I'd like to encourage any of our listeners if you've got any questions about going to church or any other topic to get in touch, and we'd be happy to answer your questions as best we can. Um, right, thanks, Martin. See you next time. See you next time, Rob. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to God Botherers. If you would like to get in touch, please contact us at godbothererspodcast at gmail.com. It would help us immensely if you could rate, like, subscribe and share our podcast on whatever listening platform you use. Join us next time when we'll discuss what the Bible is all about. Until next time.